I said at um, Judy's funeral, and it was selected by Pastor for that occasion, and it's Matthew. It's Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 to 30. The parable of the bags of gold. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags gained two more. But the man who received one bag went off dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, You entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers, so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him, and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Thank you.
boxes many times and I want to use this to bless us. This message is not for Deacon Judy because she's not here to hear. It's for us to, to listen to it and see how this will be a benefit to us. Matthew chapter 25 verse 14 to 30 which was read by Deaconess Edwin. I want to title it What are you willing to give back? What are you willing to give back? And I'm not here to bother you with the details of the scriptures or with the content of the story but I know you know it already so I'm going to extrapolate some things in the next 20 minutes. My question is what I are you willing to give back? Oftentimes than not, when we encounter faithfulness, we tend to hold on to everything we have and see it display its fullness. And when all is done, when we can't behold it again, we always say, as I know. I wrote something. I said, faithfulness requires rewarding. It is in faithfulness that we can experience the promotion of God. Faithfulness can be evaluated. It can be verified. In other words, it can be authenticated. I like when I saw the book of the book in the, in the Psalms where it says Psalm 75 verse 6 to 7. It said, for promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south. But promotion, God is the judge. He put down one and set up another. Sometimes faithfulness can be so... Um, Sometimes faithfulness can be so committed in the life of an individual so much that we begin to undermine its benefit in our life. Sometimes people don't recognize the benefit, the essence that comes through faithfulness. I'm not talking about faithfulness by compulsion. I'm talking about faithfulness by an individual allowing himself to be committed to a course of action regardless of whether they will be punished or not. It, was, it is something that is intrinsic. It has developed within the individual. You see a father who cares so much for the children. You see a husband who is so committed to the spouse, to the wife. And at the end of the day, you see a child who is not seeing it because they see the faithfulness of their parents as an obligation. But they don't know that they have option, they have alternative. But they decide to choose to be faithful in bringing them up. And sometimes because 
of the availability of faithfulness we tend to undermine the beauty that it brings forth and we don't appreciate it the way we should appreciate it not all parents are able to care for their children not all pastors are able to pray for their members not all members are able to show kindness to one another it is not a compulsion it is one's faithfulness commitment to this cause the story we just read you are we are told in matthew chapter 25 verse 14 the niv it said again it was like a man going on a journey who called a servant and entrusted his work to them which means that this was a man who was not related to them with no blood connection this was a man who decided to relinquish to give what he could have held on he was not obliged the word faith the word servant there means that not qualified for it until by grace the master relinquishes what not under any compulsion but willingly gave them his wealth sometimes when people decide to be faithful to a course of action in our life it isn't because of anything we have done but rather these people do what they do because of what god told them they are being compelled by the necessity of God placed upon their life. And sometimes when we do, especially those who are in the business of faithfulness, sometimes the things we do, we don't do it because it is easy. But because we are being troubled by a word from God. In a generation in which we find ourselves, we live in an environment where everybody wants things to be easy. When you identify a faithful person, please find a way to give something back. And sometimes in your, in your awareness of giving something back, you have to remember that in as much as you have experienced the faithfulness of an individual, you have to replicate quickly because time is of essence. We have to position ourselves in their life to let them know it's worth listening to God who told them to do what they are doing. Our total receptivity towards them is very, very important. Sometimes this individual put aside their own joy, their own happiness, their, their necessity, their, their responsibility. They put that aside and cater for our life. Not just for their family alone. Sometimes at the expense of their own family. That is faithfulness as display. And most often we the beneficiaries, the recipient of this faithfulness. Must also try our best to let go our comfort. In order to make room for their faithfulness to be rewarded. The faithfulness of God in our life is beyond human imagination. He gave his only begotten son to the world and you and I had become a beneficiary who are enjoying the pleasure, 
the pleasure of his commitment and his faithfulness. When was the last time you really put aside something of yourself to make provision for somebody's faithfulness in your life? There was a time in Matthew chapter 26, verse 7 to 14, there is a story there, I'm going to paraphrase it. This was when a woman who had experienced the faithfulness, she was, the Bible said in, in verse number 7, it said, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar, a very expensive perfume, which he poured, which she poured on his head as he was inclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, this level of commitment, the Bible said, they said, why this waste? Let me share a secret with you, precious one. People who are faithful under the instructions of God, they are the least rewarded. They are the least rewarded. They are the least rewarded. How can it be that Jesus has raised the dead? He has spoken to Lazarus to come forth. He has healed the cripple. He has done many major things. In unimaginable things in their life. But the Bible said a woman poured an oil, a jar of oil on the, on the head of Jesus. And people are saying that somebody who is not faithful is more desirable than the man who was faithful. Sometimes they don't speak. Because people feel they don't, need, they don't need it. Jesus Christ was, when you look at the text carefully, Jesus Christ said, please trouble not this one because she has done a good thing to my barrier. Which means that he was waiting for it. Which means that he knew the necessity for it. But he couldn't tell anybody, but he was just waiting for somebody who understands the faithfulness of him to reward him. People who are afraid for sometimes we end up saying that they don't need it. And I promise you they don't need it, but it goes when you show kindness to somebody who is faithful, it works for you, not for them. You join the company of greater. The Bible said when the servant were in the house, the master was faithful and committed his worth into their hands. But the Bible said that some of them decided to use what was given to them. But one who didn't want to put his interest, he didn't want to go through any pain. He does, he want to do things in his comfort, but he doesn't know that the master, what he has given to them, he gave it to them out of pain, not because he had so much. Otherwise, he wouldn't ask them to account for it. And I want to plead with all children here. When I became born again, I became born again at the age of 15. How old are you now? 12. At the age of 15 years, God took me. I didn't have the pleasure I was playing drama. I didn't have a life. My life was taken over by the necessity of his word placed upon me. Paul said necessity has been placed upon me. That is why I do what I do. My first encounter with Dickness Judy was when I entered into a house. That was when we had our late Dickness Joy also there. Ever since I met them, 
There are two, few things that characterizes their life. Their life was placed for the gospel. Their life, I said it during the burial service. I said they didn't just talk about the gospel, but they lived the gospel. Praise the Lord. God wants us to also, the Bible said in the verse number 19 of the chapter 25 of Matthew, after a long time, the master came back. And I like it in the verse number 20, 21. He said, and his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with few things and I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Precious one, anybody who is faithful, when you show them kindness, precious one, the person rejoices because somebody has identified with their faithfulness. Dickness Judy was so powerful in essence. You human beings, we are not perfect. Out of our imperfection, God has called us. Keep on playing. <laughs> so let me tell you something. Young ones, listen, listen to me. I wish, sometimes I wish. I can impart some of the things I have to the young ones. I wish. I wish. It will surprise you, you will grow into a level where you begin to understand where you stand where your parents are standing and you will realize that what they did was not easy. But when you were not standing there, you thought it was easy. There are times when Dickness Judy will be waking. There are times... Uh, you, you, don't, you don't know. You, you don't know. I've heard many people saying that she doesn't need anything. There is the only person who doesn't need anything is God. The problem is that you can identify the need of an individual. Even when she passed away, I was there yesterday. We were clearing her staff. I saw something she has put down for somebody. Somebody's birthday has not come home. But she has, they have already bought something and are waiting for the birthday. And sometimes, I, I, sometimes when you meet a faithful person who is listening and yearning to the voice of God, you sometimes want to ask them, don't you have something to do for yourself? What are you willing to give back to those who are faithful? You think the prime minister of this country hasn't got a family? His whole, when he became a prime minister, greater percentage of his life was rewarded for the country. The only things you see about those who are faithful to a cause is their mistake. Come and stand there and you'll see what you can do. When we are pleading with you, because if you don't join the family of the faithfulness, those who are faithful, you can never replicate it in the future. If all you live for is to make sure your family is okay, you have not affected your generation. You've not affected your generation. You've not affected your you take care of your children and make sure the kingdom, what God, what, what, I will be continuing my series next week. 
This woman was a giver. Why? Because God told her to be a giver. This woman will counsel people. Why? Because God is a counselor. This woman will administer things she has not been called. Even sometimes she wants to find a way to find a reason to cause herself to be in to help people. We thank God for her life. We thank God for her life. And I remember I got this understanding when I saw a man standing in front of my mother's obituary, reading it. And he stood there and said, this woman was nice to me. Once upon a time I was passing by, I was really troubled. And she saw me and called me and told me to sit. And she gave me water to drink and she told me, all shall be well with you. Faithfulness, there are some people who it look like we haven't got a choice. Her life. Some, some of, I want to plead with young people here. Young people here. Huh? I want to plead with you, even the adults. Please, some of the things we do. I remember I went to pray for somebody who was not feeling well. I went to pray for the person who had headache. I got home and I was slain by headache. There are things we do that you, most of the things that we do that makes things become successful are the things we don't tell people. Deaconess Judy lived a legacy. When you see her, she's the epitome of faithfulness. I have met, she, was, she passed away in the, at the age of 72. I know people when they grow a bit, when they mature, 60, 70, they, about, they find it difficult to wake up in the morning. Do you know that this was a woman who there were times in her life she had sleepless nights? You, you, you don't know. And why would we have to, I'm not saying nobody did anything for her, but what I'm saying is that faithfulness is still at work among us. When we see one, we have to reward it. There is more punishment for those who do wrong than those who do the right thing to be rewarded. How many of us, when if even a keyboardist is not in, we will find a reason to call the person and say, what is wrong with you? Why are you not faithful? But when the person is faithful, what have you done to acknowledge? Faithfulness is not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. A man told me, a, my own blood relative told me, if it had not been the fact that I'm, I'm a pastor, I would have been more wealthier than I am. Because I'll get more time to work. And all you think about is neglecting the God who gave you what he gave you to become who you are. This woman has been faithful. Look at the testimony that was given by Moses. She didn't force us. She, she finds a reason to obey God. And I want to plead with all of us. If we get more of a kind among us, life will be more rewarding. Hallelujah. I thought you clapped there. I remember two weeks before her barrier, before she passed away. 
I was sleeping and the Lord opened my eyes, privileged by grace. And I had a revelation where I saw, I, I was invited, my servant, coach. I didn't know coach was invited. So I was on my way to a banquet. So I was on my way to a banquet. Then on my way, I met coach, who was also going with me. I said, coach, where are you going? He said, I've been invited for a banquet. I said, let's go. So we got there, and there was a massive table. So this table was so massive that I was about to sit down when I saw Dickness Judy coming towards me. And my concern was, Dickness Judy, how can you be here? You are supposed to be in a care home. Immediately, the people who organized the party said, don't worry. We have put a house, money on, on it. And we said, they should bring her here for this occasion, after which we will take her back. When I sat down at the table, I sat on the right-hand side. And I was, I was crying for her. I was asking questions. How can you be here? Why are you not feeling well? What is? Whilst I was saying that, she put her hands around me and said, don't worry. She's got a way of rubbing her hands around my head sometimes. And I was sitting there watching her. When they brought, I've not seen this before. When they brought a whole meal in front of her. When I woke up, I knew. That something will happen. I want to plead with everybody here. We saw that in the life of one of the people who impacted the life of our young people who was teaching them how to play the keyboard, Val. Val also went down with a similar thing. But today, what I want to say to you is that let what she has done in our generation not become just something praise the lord let it not just become something just something for something hallelujah let it not just become like she's one of those who pass away hallelujah put your hands together for jesus If you, if you don't, listen, let me tell you a secret. Brother, okay, when you were young, let me ask you, can you prepare a goosey? Can you prepare a goosey, that food that you have here? Can you prepare it? Yeah. Don't, don't, don't be, don't, yes. You can't prepare it. Okay, good. So when you grow up, now you are matured, you can prepare it. When you were young, could you prepare it? When you were younger, could you prepare it? Listen, something you don't start when you are young, you can't produce it even when you grow up. If you don't start with it, it's not like a magical. Life is very, very short. Don't, me, me, I know I can die any time. And when I die and you cry, I'll cry for you. If I die and you cry, I will cry for you because you don't know why you are crying. You don't understand why you are, you are crying. But I will be crying for you because I pity you crying for me.
if you knew that when I was born, immediately I was born, my mother passed away. And I was crying after 22 or 25 years when she passed away and I was crying. And my eyes was opening to truth. And I got to know that I should have even lost her the day I was born. And I've been given 25 years. I should have stopped crying already and rejoiced. The things that will speak for you after you are not there are the things you have done for others. May God bless us. May God bring us to the place of truth. In Jesus' name.